truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erz and Aaron McIntyre are here with me as well. 888-900-3393 is the number if you'd like to join us. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. For those of you listening today via the podcast or Blaze Radio, last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Aaron just informed me as we were about to begin because I never keep track of stuff like this. But today is our one-year anniversary uh, here at The Blaze. That is correct. Which only goes to show they have totally forgotten about us. <laughs> that we have lasted this, this long. long. They just they just totally... Glenn goes off the air and they have no... They're like... <laughs> people out front having smoke breaks. You know, they're plotting Beck's show tomorrow. They have no idea what happens at 2 o'clock. Or, see, I don't even know what time we come on. <laughs> Noon Eastern. All right, they have no idea. What happens at noon Eastern, and and then like they're shocked when they walk through the hallways down there in Dallas, like who the hell are these guys? All right, so thank you for your lack of bureaucratic oversight here at the Blaze that we have managed to slip through your fingers for the last twelve months. Indeed, are we stapler guy? Yes, not yet. yeah, not yet. I mean, we well. If we end up moving time shifts, like I just moved us two hours, forgetting when the show actually begins, yes. And then eventually we will end up doing this show from a basement. But remember how it all ends when you mess with the stapler guy. I'm not that I'm an advocate of workplace violence. I just think that is something to keep in mind. 888-900-3393 is the number. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program again. Like us on Facebook. I'm going to say it again today because maybe... Maybe we'll get one of your likes. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Coming up today, we're going to talk about some latest dem- demographic uh, data out there regarding the institution of marriage. And you can bet if we're talking about it, it's probably because it's not good. It's amazing. Letting everybody marry everything is leading to less of what marriage is supposed to be. It's not how I thought this whole thing. I, I was I was promised that's not how this was going to work. I, I was I was told this was going to uh, uh, this 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 was going to commence the golden age of marriage is is what we were promised. But let's see if the data says that that's true. Also, we'll have our fake news or not segment of the week coming up next hour. Pop culture Tuesday. You've seen that video going around. It's being called the Trump video, even though he didn't do it, and it's about a year old. All right. I mean, I mean, Trump can do bad all by himself. We don't need to just make stuff up, although they're going to anyway. But but there's there's some pop culture irony about this clip that probably many of you aren't aware of. And I'm going to fill in the blanks for that coming up uh, next hour in the program, because when I tell you what this with this uh, Trump clip is a parody of. And the movie that it parodies, you're going to wonder how did this movie ever get made? All right. So we're going to tell you about that coming up a little bit later on. But before we get to all of those zany hijinks, here's Aaron with what happened while we were away. 
What happened while we were away? Brought to you by fake news and even faker outrage. We'll start with the fake news. Yesterday, ABC News apologized for airing footage of what they represented as military bombings in Syria. This video right here appearing to show Turkey's military bombing Kurd civilians in a Syrian border town. Turns out that footage was actually of a gun range in Kentucky during a just-for-fun demonstration. And now the fake outrage. During a recent conference for Trump supporters in Miami, Florida, an edited video was purportedly shown which depicted Donald Trump shooting his political and media critics. The original video is from a movie called Kingsman, the Secret Service, and the scene actually shows the main character entering a church full of what the movie depicts as right-wingers and shooting basically everyone. Of course, reaction to the edited video was tons of pearl-clutching with Kathy Griffin, yes, that Kathy Griffin, saying, quote, I'm depicted as being murdered by the President of the United States in this video. The left, the right, and the center left me hanging out to dry regarding the Trump mask photo. Please don't let it happen again. No, this video isn't a joke to his followers, and it will not be taken as such. The edited video had reportedly lived on YouTube for a year before the New York Times wrote its story. So there's that. Moving on, LeBron James, the biggest star in the NBA, finally spoke out about the ongoing NBA China controversy, scandal, saga, and we're really wishing he hadn't. I don't want to get into a word, a, a word or sentence uh, feud with Daryl. Um, with Daryl uh, Morey, but I believe he wasn't educated on, on, on the situation at hand, and, um, and he spoke. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, have fewer children and raise more pigs. Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, at the center of the Trump-Ukraine-Biden scandal, spoke to ABC News. And, you know, I think we people are, at home are, are thinking, how could that not have crossed your mind? Or you wouldn't have felt just a little bit in your gut, like... Maybe this isn't a good idea to go and sit on the board of this well, Ukrainian company. I said, to, I said to you, in retrospect, I right, wish that my the judgment... Time, you never, it never, you never thought, this might not look right. You know what? I'm a human. You know what? Did I make a mistake? Well, maybe in, in, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. But did I make a mistake based upon some un... Ethical lapse? Absolutely not. Another video surfaced out of Minneapolis in the aftermath of Trump's recent rally there. It shows a man and his wife or girlfriend being assaulted by someone from the mob of leftist protesters. Ahead of tonight's Democrat debate, Quinnipiac released a new national horse race poll. It shows Elizabeth Warren leading Joe Biden 30% to 27%. Bernie Sanders is still polling in the double digits with Pete Buttigieg and Kamala Harris lagging behind in fourth and fifth place. Billionaire Tom Steyer is still in the race for the Democratic nomination, in case you forgot. If we win in 2020, they're done forever. But it's scary for us, too, because if they win, literally, it could be the end of the world. Project Veritas released another whistleblower report, this time from within CNN, and it features audio of CNN's president, Jeff Zucker. We're moving towards uh, It's time to get weird. We'll start by checking back in on the climate crazies. I'm Isaac, and I'm 11 years old, and I've come here today to protest about a whole bunch of old white guys deciding my generation's future. It's not cool. Go Extinction Rebellion! 
Bye. And now let's learn from the penguins. While animals can have same-sex relationships or pair bonds, um, they don't become uh, homophobic because that's a human uh, uh, problem. And animals don't tend to react in the same way um, when animals form same-sex pair bonds. They are generally well accepted within the colony or within the community. Feast your eyes upon Pharrell Williams on the cover of GQ's new Masculinity Issue, an exploration of identity, culture, and style in 2019. And finally, this video is from an Irish man's funeral. He recorded something ahead of time that he wanted to be played as he was being buried. Hello? 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 Let me out! Hello? Hello? And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Keeps who know that losing your hair sucks. Now let's talk about a possible solution. A lot of hair loss is the result of a hormone called DHT, and the FDA has approved two hair treatment products that help control your DHT in order to prevent hair loss. It's even triggered hair, hair regrowth in a good percentage of guys, but up until now, these products were very expensive and they required a doctor visit to boot, but not anymore. Keeps offers you the generic versions of these two FDA-approved hair products, and not only now are they 90% effective, but because they're the generic versions, they're much more affordable and I can get you half off to get you started. With Keeps, you can save your hair without ever having to leave your couch. Just answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. And then it's shipped discreetly to your door. So if you're tired of losing your hair, I can get you free online doctor visit from Keeps right now. A free online doctor visit from Keeps right now as well as 50% off of your first order if you sign up. Half off your first order at Keeps.com slash grow. Keeps.com slash grow. 50% off your first order at Keeps.com slash grow. We're going to discuss, and it's Pharrell, correct? Pharrell. Okay. Uh, we're Because I didn't know or, or how, how to not use a microphone, apparently, either. Uh, we're going to discuss Pharrell Williams and GQ Magazine's masculinity issue coming up in our overtime today. If you're a Blaze TV subscriber, blazetv.com slash dace if you're not. And that's how you can watch today's overtime as well as every other exclusive program produced here at Blaze TV. blazetv.com slash dace. If if you are a Blaze TV subscriber, good news for you. Just hang around in a little while after this show is done live. That will be posted later this afternoon, probably before the full show is up there in the archive for you to watch. All right. blazetv.com slash dace. So... Let's get to what, what's in Aaron's montage. Um, I want to take you back to December of 2017. It's the first Friday in December of 2017. And on that date, ABC News comes out with a bombshell that indicates the walls are closing in on the Trump presidency and the stock market suffers about a 2% decline. That's hundreds of millions of dollars because of this news. Do you guys remember this? Yeah. Yes. And then about an hour or so later, after a massive blip in the stock market, ABC News comes out and says, psych, we had that one wrong. 
you would think, right? You would think that after you blew one hand of the face, call, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you would think after you blew one scoop like that, I was, I was getting my um, uh, uh, errors conflated. So many errors in my, in my midst nowadays. I'm having a hard time keeping, them, keeping track of all of them. But you would think after one journalistic scoop nearly brought down the Friday stock market. You might, you might, you might be careful. You might make sure that if something looks too obvious... You know, you might have editors. You might fact check some things. You, you might know that Kentucky is more than a stone's throw away from Syria. You think you might do some of those things, right? After you had to air a massive apology, people got fired. Has Brian, did Brian Ross ever come back? I don't, is he back on ABC News? Or there was he, I'm he, researching that He right got now. suspended yeah. from all of that, right? It was a massive controversy, a huge apologies. You would think, you'd think you'd be like, we just, we can't do that ever again. But then you wouldn't work in the left media. We're, you know, you would work in an industry where you would not get away with doing that ever again. Like if you're a physician watching us right now, and you're like, you know, I thought that was your gallbladder I took out. Psych. It wasn't. Would there be consequences for this? Would you be far less inclined to make such a mistake, a grave error of existential consequence and import ever again? Why? Yes. And if you were not necessarily warned by that incident, your next liability insurance bill would, would handle all of that for you. Yet seemingly, the only industry left in this country where you are not required to show any self-awareness, do any form of introspection, and have any form of editing whatsoever happens to be the one that is supposed to help provide accountability in the public square for a free people. Other than that, we're all fine here. How are you? How is this mistake even possible? See, I don't even think this is even malfeasance. Because they could, they, could they could just splice videos together they, that are more believable. They could have done a better job yes. if it was malfeasance. This is, this is, this is I, I don't even know what this is. How? How? How now, brown cow? How? Todd, how is a mistake like this made? It's not a mistake. It's not a mistake. It's it's willful, and we've talked about this before. They 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 don't have when this is a faith to them. Uh, do, do you give up? You know, after you know one of your pajama wearing Kool Aid drinking wingnuts goes rogue. No, no, no. You're in it for the long haul. This is this is how they roll. They they don't need all is the cause. So they just keep throwing it against the wall. If they have to retreat a couple steps for a little while, they're fine doing it. They are beyond shame. So this doesn't embarrass them. The memes coming out of this are you know there's scenes from Game of Thrones. This is yeah, looking live here in Syria. And here's what's terrible about this. I've seen two clips. One of a uh, a beheading and another one of a child with her leg blown off Mm -hmm. laying next to her dead brother. 
I have no idea if it's real. Yeah. I have. I Same want reaction. to care. I yes. need to care deeply if it's real. I have no idea. Then why 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 wouldn't they use clips like that to tell the narrative that they want to tell? How does it get? How? How do you excel because to this level and be this bad? All that hatred that they have for Trump, I've used the term mania before. It, they are in a symbiotic relationship. They are yin to yang. As crazy as we think Trump is, the media, the, the newsrooms of America are that nuts about him. It, it, it's no different. You right now, what's going on here? Do, the, if I, I compared this last week as a potential Benghazi. All the people that are going nuts over this, were they going nuts over Benghazi, Steve? This is, it, no, they put Susan Rice on TV to lie to you twice. And it's that morning. level of disconnect from reality that allows you to continue to do this and in no way check yourself. And and at least they, they tried to lie with a Muhammad video that no one saw, right? That was the, uh, you know, a Muhammad video, you know, because everywhere, because, you know, Islamists want you to live in the 8th century. So dial up internet is expensive in that part of the world. And so like no one actually ever saw this Muhammad video that supposedly sparked Benghazi, but that was the cover story, okay? That at least took some effort. This this is, uh, how is how is everybody, how are there not mass firings right now? Why, at some point, doesn't someone say, give me a better class of criminal? We have to do better than this. Well, Well, because there's generally speaking, there's not better around any corner. You can't. There's there's not a bunch of grownups expecting better news. They're too busy with their own level of uh, distractions. You're just there's not a better to go to. That's well. Why. You know, it's funny you should mention that. Let's stay within the ABC family, all right? Because ESPN is a part of the ABC family, and I'm just you know, at any point whatsoever, is there anybody that's other than conservative and lefty Twitter? have finally have found something. It, it, I don't know that I've ever seen this in the 10 years I've been on Twitter. Conservative and lefty Twitter have finally found something politically they wholeheartedly agree with each other on. It's basically for the same reasons. Yeah, too. Yes, it's odd, okay? But um, it's the NBA and this China situation. Those comments by LeBron James are pathetic. They're disgusting. They're heinous, inexcusable. And then he tries to clarify it later on Twitter by saying, well, I wasn't addressing the substance of Mr. Maury's comments, just that, you know, uh, free speech has consequences and you're cost us a whole bunch of money, bro, by speaking up. And that, that was his clarification. Now, this is a guy that this country has enriched more than any other living athlete probably right now, with the possible exception of Michael Jordan because his marketing efforts are ongoing. But it would be close. It would be close. And, and to turn around and take a stand like that for the Chinese and to talk about just how, how tough is this? Well, I mean, I, it, it, you, you know, I, I know it's been a tough week for you guys, bro, but you know, could have spent it in a Chinese gulag. You tried being forcibly aborted by any Shycom tyrants. Have you ever, have you, been, have, have you had your, have you, have you been uh, executed and then had your organs harvested for profit? Like uh, several Chinese dissidents had over the years. I mean, I, uh, that could be difficult. See, I, I think what you're watching here, and, and it will, they'll continue it because they have no way, th- th- this is, 
they can't stay away. They can't. Now you've got Antonio Brown who had 16 guaranteed million dollars sitting in his pocket. And all he had to do in life literally was the one thing that he went out and did. That's all. He had, that's the only thing he had to not do is he had 16 guaranteed million dollars in his pocket. And now he wants to know why no one will bring him back. These guys cannot stay away from the social media. They, they absolutely believe people are pining away on what they think of intergalactic issues. And they're not. Not even, not even people who largely agree with them. I think you're seeing that play out right now. Not even people who largely agree with them on their Trump hatred and all the other virtue signaling really are waiting for what they have to say. But the problem is, and ESPN is, is, in, is trying to put this genie back in the bottle by being completely apolitical as much as possible now. But, the, but, but now, but they can't. Because they, they, they spent the last couple of years until a few months ago cultivating all of this. And now, you know, now this is the air that these athletes breathe. And they're never going to, they're, they're not going to go, they're not going to go back now. They're not. But what you're watching is whatever opportunities or, or odds there were that this was ever going to be taken seriously are gone. It's never going to be taken seriously. And this is just this is now just a, a a very expensive form of virtue signaling. It is it is a circular self pleasuring apparatus. It's just a group of people who enjoy the exact same um, uh, stimulation material, getting off on it with their own by their own hands mutually, and that's all that this is. And I think that this is this this you're going to. This is why, and, and you're going to watch the NBA become much more and more of a regional sport. Uh, because there's only, there's only certain sectors of the culture where you're not just beyond damaged by going to these kinds of places. And, and I, I think it's the most despicable video of comments, given what's at stake. I think I think it's the most despicable video Todd I've ever seen from an American athlete in my lifetime, sounding off on 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 issues. And keep in mind, this is a guy that that claimed that there was racist graffiti at his L.A. home, and then when the L.A. police were called and never found any, he he then tried to make the claim I scrubbed it before they showed up. Why? Why would you do that? Would there be any good reasons why your handlers, your posse, would scrub the racist graffiti after you called the cops before they showed up so that they didn't see it? Can you think of any good reasons why that is the case? I cannot. No, there's there's all kinds of reasons why that might be the case, and all of it is bad. I think you're watching the death of athlete woke culture. It will continue as a marketing tool, but it'll be sound and fury signifying nothing in my view. I hope you're right. I'm just used to none of the stupid ever going away. I mean, right now, if there was ever a time where he should be vulnerable is right now a guy, people, do you still have your game? Can you come back? There's this whole uh, Lakers thing uh, going to tank. I mean, he's what, 34, 35, if memory serves. Uh, And you saw this year, they tried to go out, they had to trade for Anthony Davis, and then they kept trying to find that other third player in free agency, and 
nobody wanted to sign there. I think he's got real doubts in in his head if he's still King James in that way, and his securities are now being blurted out in this way. And I think that part is only if he want if he didn't need the spotlight that bad and needs this sort of relevance, he's just going to keep stepping on the gas. Now, if that finally bursts up in flames the way you say it's going to. Amen. But uh, I just I, I'm not going to bet on it only because I'm going with total depravity. And there's he's going to go back to an adoring throng who should boo him in L.A. for this because, you know, I, I like my basketball, well, but, but not that, enough. Yeah, that it, city's gone. Gonna, that city's gone. Well, though. I know. So it's, it's that's why to, I said it reinforces this, itself. This will be, yes, it's a feedback loop. That's why I said it's going to be a regionalized sport. That's why. If this was Cleveland, Ohio, you would get some of that, what you're talking about. But it's L.A. That city's gone. That city's gone to this phenomenon. And that's why you're going to watch guys are going to have to go and play in places like that. We're, we're, we're not even, it's not even just the 15% of counties that Hillary Clinton won. It's even a narrow, narrower, which you're watching with, with, with lefties going after this. This is even a narrower window than the 15% of counties Hillary won. It's like a minority of the 15% of counties Hillary won. It's a minority of a minority of a minority. And it just so happens that two of them are in the state of California, L.A. and San Francisco. And those are communities that are totally gone and largely given over to this stuff. But by by and large, even in our declining state, you're seeing right now the vast majority of Americans have no tolerance for this. And that brings up an important point. We have tonight, right, a Democrat debate? Yes. How much of the committee to reelect Trump has to do with what we watch on the Democratic debate versus what we watch when— LeBron James speaks. Is it equal parts? Yeah. Because I think it is, at least. I mean, go back to 2016. Do you guys recall that I made the point Trump's polling numbers started to go up when Colin Kaepernick began kneeling for the national anthem? He got a bigger boost. Go look at the polls. Go back and look. You'll find in that September that Donald Trump got a bigger polling boost out of that than he did post-convention almost. Think about that. I know. Because Because it just goes to show what I said. The vast majority of Americans hate this stuff. Hate it. And they're watching it more than they are the debate. Yes. Totally agree with that. Yes. You know what they also hate? When, when a guy says, what'd you expect me to do? I won the Lucky Sperm Club. My, you know, my old man dangled an opportunity for me to become a multimillionaire on the basis of his political connections out there. And I mean, would you expect me to stay away? I mean, why didn't Hunter? There's a lot more to that interview than what Aaron was able to put in this montage. But he literally says, yeah, I wouldn't have gotten this if my dad wasn't the vice president and a U.S. senator. I mean, why don't you just look in the camera and say, I am the swamp. Why don't you just say that out loud? Okay, people freaking hate that crap. And if that was meant to help Joe Biden and to alleviate fears that nominating him would not have any collateral damage in their get shorty operation with Trump and Ukraine. I don't, I don't think it accomplished what they were hoping it would. And you could sense the reporterette whose name I don't even know. Wasn't that ABC news too, that did this too. They're on a roll. (laughs) You can sense in that clip. She's like begging him. Right. And the way she's like, can't you understand? In other words, give me something here. Throw me a freaking bone here. All right. She's doing like an Austin Powers interview. Can you give us something? And he's like, you know, what was I supposed to do? You know, I'm a powerful man's kid. I've got really no other gifts in life other than I was I won the Lucky Sperm Club. Would you would you expect me to do? Stay away from, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars? You, it, 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 you guys think that's how this works? 
you're new here, aren't you? He might as well have just thrown that in too, right? I, I mean, and, and yes, I know people are going to say, well, you could say the same thing about the Trump kids. What would they be without their dad? Here's the difference. Their dad wasn't a public official their entire lives. All right? He was a private citizen. Hunter Biden's dad was a public official his entire life. He's been in, a, he's been in Washington, I think, as long as you and I have been alive. Or almost, yeah. almost that long. And we're, we're pushing 50 years old. His entire life, Hunter Biden has not known a dad who was not a public official, who was not subject to ethics laws and, 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 and the sorts of things the average private citizen is not. The fact that they don't feel like they even need that level of self-awareness at all. And, and, and if I'm Elizabeth Warren, man, that's, and I, I'm anti-Wall Street and I'm anti-corruption, right? That's, and, and I want to, and I want to get a populist. If I could find one populist issue that might give me some crossover appeal, man, if I was the Elizabeth Warren presidential campaign, I'd be jumping all over that Hunter Biden video. Yep. She can't. Why not? Because she's got her own skeleton. Oh, that doesn't that doesn't matter. This is the Democratic Party. I mean, well, I just got done talking about how, how shameless they are. But yeah, no, yeah, that, that, that's, that's spotlight's getting real. It's one thing if she's she she's on top of the pile now. I mean, she's juggling more than just a few grenades right now with the pins pulled, and and I don't think she's got I don't think she's got the guts to do it. She's pulled off this. I, I'm I'm a tough old cranky lady so far. Like I said, I I still think this thing is going to fall. So you keep saying that, but it it, it it you it requires someone to be able to take advantage of it, and I don't I don't see a candidate able to do that. Cory Booker is going to be that candidate. Well, the fall who, who can, takes advantage of fa- it. I agree, but the fall can still happen. Yeah, I don't see it because there, in, in, everything in politics is symbiotic. Nothing is standalone. It can't happen unless there's somebody who is able to provoke it to their advantage. Tulsi tonight. <laughs> yes, Tulsi Gabbard. Thank you. If you want to take advantage of plunging mortgage rates in a booming economy right now, and the timing is good, winter is coming. So if you're on the buying end, you might run into some uh, desperate sellers. If you're on the selling end, you might run into some buyers with a sense of urgency wanting to get into their next home before uh, the winter uh, moving blues uh, come into play. Hey, before you do that, though, make sure you go in with a real estate agent that you can trust, someone that has had a proven and vetted track record of success, someone who understands what it means to have a marketing plan other than how about another open house or I'll call you when there's something in your price range, someone who gets what the term professional courtesy means. Uh, they return calls, texts. When they when they told you going in, hey, I'm going to do my best not to call you at the last minute and say, I've got a buyer. Can we come in in the next 15, 20 minutes? This is the third time they've done this to you now. All right. So if you want to find a real estate agent that you can trust because they check all three of those boxes, then you want to check out and check the box over at realestateagentsitrust.com. Now, this is different from other referral services that are largely uh, from the premise of helping agents to find clients. This is about finding an agent worthy of having you for a client. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com right now to find a real estate agent you can trust anywhere in America at realestateagentsitrust.com. Well, the latest report is out from the National Marriage Project. They've got their 2019 State of Our Unions and Bradley Wilcox from the National Marriage Project joins us now. Good to have you back on the show, Brad. How are you? 
It's good to be here, Steve. I'm well, thank you. Well, let's start with the big takeaway. What is the state of the marriage union in 2019? And why do you guys think it's important to chronicle this? Yeah, well, I think that there's good news and bad news here, Steve. The good news is actually a, a growing share of American kids are being raised in stably married unions and divorce is down. Um, so for those who are marrying, I think there can be you know, more hope and confidence. The bad news, of course, is that a large share of kids are being born outside of marriage um, or will experience marital instability. And we're also seeing, I think, down the road, a large minority of Americans who will never, ever marry. Um, and so marriage has become kind of more of an exclusive institution for wealthier, more educated, but also more religious Americans uh, as well um, in, in the 21st century. Now, what, what, go ahead. Go ahead. Can I follow up on that first before you get to the bad news? Sure. What do you think those trend lines indicate the culture writ large thinks about the institution of marriage? Well, I, you know, I think that we're in this sort of weird place today where um, I think many elites actually value marriage for themselves and for their kids, but they don't speak up publicly for it. You know, superintendents, college presidents, you know, the, the head of Warner Brothers. I mean, these people, if you look at their bios, they're overwhelmingly married uh, with kids, first marriage. Um, but the kinds of messages that their institutions tend to promulgate don't reinforce marriage for the ordinary person, for working class and poor Americans especially. So we have this sort of weird thing where, again, marriage is in pretty good shape for college-educated, more affluent, but also for, for religious Americans and for Asian Americans. But for other Americans, um, the state of marriage is, is much more um, is much more fragile. I know you, you guys are really trying to just, you're researching demographics and data, and you're trying to do as little political application of it as possible because you're trying to be, you want to be an objective source of information on a key issue. Okay. So I'm going to, but I need to ask you a question. I'm going to try to ask it in a way that doesn't set you up to not do what you don't want or to do what you don't want to do. Cause, but I do think it's an important question. Okay. We're, we're, we see right now on, on the climate issue, for example, that we see a lot of people in those elite sectors that you just cited are essentially saying, hey, in order for us to save the planet, you people that live in third world countries or you folks that live in, in lower socioeconomic conditions, you guys essentially are going to have to suffer um, you know, a certain poverty and squalor conditions in order for us to uh, you know, uh, save the planet, that you guys are going to be the ones who have to suffer the brunt of this. And, and there's a big debate about whether they knowingly understand what it is that they're asking and saying, or whether they just are, are, are so zealous for this particular cause that it, they just bypass any notions of equality because they view this as, you know, an extinction level event. Along those same lines, when you talk about elites are practicing marriage often in first marriage with kids in their own homes while using their platforms to promote messages and values that undermine this as an institution. Are they doing this? Do they do they do you think they understand this disconnect? Do you think they understand that they're often not living their own lives by what they're as you said promulgating through their various means and platforms to the masses? Do you think they get this? You know, Steve, I don't think that they do. I think that there is a kind of a disconnect here. I was talking to a Silicon Valley executive recently about his own family life and he was talking about how his company he works for one of the big uh, the big companies in Silicon Valley is all about family diversity. 
And yeah, he went on to talk about how his own family is sort of centered around a stable marriage. And in his neighborhood, um, you know, right outside of, you know, well, right in Silicon Valley, in his neighborhood, the vast, vast majority of people there are people living in stable, intact, uh, married families. So he doesn't see the connection between the kinds of messages that his company gets behind around things like family diversity um, and how their intention with the implicit private ethic that guides his family and the families of everyone almost in his neighborhood. All right. What's the bad news from you guys' 2019 survey, well, Brad? Yeah. Well, again, the, the bad news is there is this continuing marriage divide where, you know, people who don't have that college degree, who are, you know, are working class and poor, who aren't connected to religious community are much more likely to be um, single, cohabiting, divorced, um, and they're much more likely to experience, you know, family instability and family chaos. Um, so that's, that's, that's the bad news uh, in this report. And we do live in a country that is separate and a, unequal when it comes to, uh, to family life uh, today uh, here in, in America. Does, what's the cause and effect? Meaning, is the is 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 the lack of stable marriages the lower you go in the socioeconomic run? Is that because they're lower on the socioeconomic run, or are they low low are they lower on the socioeconomic rung because of the lack of stable marriages and home life? What's the cause and effect here? Well, you know, I don't want to give you a kind of a simplistic answer, Steve. I want to just basically say the truth, and the truth is that Americans who manage to forge strong and stable families overwhelmingly move into the middle class and steer clear of poverty. That's sort of the classic conservative view, and it's correct. But it's also the case, too, that it's much harder to form a stable, a strong marriage um, unless you have access to good-paying, stable work. And the reality is, is that since the 1970s, a lot of Americans, a lot of working class and poor Americans have had a harder time accessing those kinds of decent-paying, stable jobs because of changes in our economy. We know, for instance, that uh, our trade agreements with China um, played a big role in ev basically eviscerating more than a million decent paying stable jobs, working class Americans. So you can't kind of just blame people for those kinds of massive economic changes that have just swept their communities and swept our country. So again, the point I'm making here is that it's both the case that managing to forge a strong marriage dramatically increases your economic odds, chances, you know, over your life. But it's also the case, too, that there are things happening in our country that are making it harder for many Americans to establish um, the kinds of economic foundations they need to to uh, to forge a good marriage, uh, a strong marriage. So what you're saying is it's relational here. It's symbiotic that yeah, yeah it, that if you. If you severely limit the amount of people you have sex with except the people that you're married to at that particular time and they do the same, chances are you're going to avoid a lot of the, uh, the socioeconomic maladies uh, in, in our society. On the other hand, it's really hard to sustain that because like my old college roommate used to say, romance without finance is a damn nuisance, right? So it's a little bit of both, right? That's, that's correct, Steve. That's right. Yep. What about technological influences on marriage, the hookup culture. Um, you know, all of us here, uh, it, you know, I'm 46. Todd, how old are you? 47. 47. How old are you, Bradley? 
I'm 49. All right, so we're all post-sexual revolution. Our producer Aaron here is is is, is 26. So we're all post-sexual revolution here. So you know, uh, you know, we all uh, remember when Animal House was scandalous, and now you run it un- unedited on basic television. Okay, so none of us here are prudes or shrinking violets from that regard. But we also didn't have apps. And technology readily available on to us in order to act on those urges that the sexual revolution said were now okay when in previous generations they were not. So what does does your study have anything to say about the tinders, the grinders, the hookup cultures that are out there, and what what those are doing to the institution of marriage? Yeah, you know, one of the things that we find in this new report uh, in the state of our unions is basically is that is that husbands and wives who steer clear of attractive alternatives on the internet um, are more likely to be flourishing, more likely to report happiness in their marriage. They're less likely to report that there is some kind of fear of divorce or instability in their marriage. And so, you know, to be concrete, what we're saying here in this new report is that, for instance, not following an old flame on Facebook is linked to better marital outcomes. You know, not doing any number of other things, you know, on uh, on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, these other kinds of, of apps you just mentioned, uh, you know, obviously things like Tinder. Um, you know, these are all linked to sort of better outcomes. And it's just kind of the basic idea here that if you want to have a strong and stable marriage, you need to attend both practically uh, in person, but also in a sense online to, uh, to your husband, to your wife, to your marriage, and, you know, basically not get, um, you know, distracted by other options out there, both in real life, but also now increasingly online as well. Did, did, does your data find people go down this road because they're uh, typically because their current marriage situation they find unfulfilling or by going down this road the marriage situation becomes unfulfilling kind of the same question i asked you before but in a different arena right yeah i mean i think it's actually both i think that most of us who are married have had difficult moments chapters situations uh, in our marriage and it's precisely at those moments when alternatives can be particularly appealing and it's precisely of course in those times when we have to be more intentional about kind of refocusing uh, on our own spouse, on our own marriage, and steering clear of alternatives, either in real life or today, you know, online. So I think that's part of the story here. But I think it's also the case, too, that it's pretty easy for a lot of people um, just to run across someone, you know, either in the office Mm -hmm. or on the internet who, you know, connects with you in some kind of meaningful way, who is appealing and attractive in some kind of meaningful way. And it doesn't really matter at that point, you know, how good your marriage is. If you're not kind of careful about protecting um, your marriage, you know, you can kind of get into um, into trouble is, is the idea here. Final thing, Bradley, what what's in your report? Because you guys have generated some media coverage with this, obviously. But what's in your report I didn't ask you about or that you think... Um, should it be highlighted more by people that have been covering it and going through it that you think needs to be uh, maybe put more in front of an audience like ours? Well, you know, I think one other thing that we kind of touch on in this report is what's happening to our fertility rate here in the U.S. We've actually reached um, a new low in the United States of about 1.7 kids per woman on average. So this is record territory. We've never seen fertility this low in America before. And we're seeing fertility falling across much of the globe. 
um, to rates like below one in, in South Korea. It's just kind of amazing new territory that we're that we are um, hitting here, uh, both in the U.S. and in other parts of the world. And this obviously has big implications for um, our economy, for our government, but especially, of course, for our family life. And so we're kind of keeping an eye, too, on what's happening to uh, fertility, both at home and, and abroad as well. Bradford Wilcox from the National Marriage Project. Go to their website, nationalmarriageproject.org nationalmarriageproject.org and you're going to see right there on the front page is a link for you to check out their 2019 State of Our Unions report. Good to have you back on the show, Brad. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it as always, okay? I appreciate it, Steve. Thank you. You bet. Take care. Hey, if you um, are um, looking for a mobile phone, because you can't live without one nowadays in America, and as we were talking earlier in this hour about entities and corporations like the NBA essentially willing to sell out American values that made them the global, uh, you know, superstructures that they are, but they want to sell out those exact same values that gave them a chance to become this rich in order to uh, curry favor with tyrants in uh, Beijing. And you're like, how, what, how can I fight back? There's, there's really not that many things you can do, you know I mean? But, but one of the things you can definitely do is choose to do business with people who are advancing and defending the same values as you whenever you can. That doesn't mean pick a substandard product, you know, just because you like, you know, uh, what their CEO believes. But if if I could get you the same nationwide service that you'd get from any of the other uh, mobile phone bigwigs, but with a company that actually supports your values instead, in fact, they've put about $2 million of their own profits into conservative causes and values around the country the last couple of years. That company is Patriot Mobile. It's the only veteran conservative-led mobile phone company. They've got plans as low as $25 a month. So what are you waiting for to make the switch? In fact, right now, they still have that tremendous special where you can get the second Moto Z3 Play, one of the hot pieces of tech right now in this market. You can get a second Moto Z3 Play for free when you activate two lines, all right? A second Moto Z3 Play for free when you activate two lines, all right? And back by popular demand, they'll waive the activation fee on up to two lines as well when you use the offer code Blaze. So go to patriotmobile.com slash Blaze. That's patriotmobile.com slash Blaze. They'll waive the activation fee on up to two lines when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Blaze. Gentlemen, your thoughts on the conversation we just had with Bradford Wilcox over at the National Marriage Project. Well, I I really like uh, what he brings to the table. Uh, he was riffing on multiple fronts last week, and he just provides the data. And like you said, he, he tends to stay out of the political analysis, uh, uh, leaves that up to us. But when he's talking about uh, uh, the, the, the fertility rate, and it's not just in America, it's globally. You know, the, the progressives want to talk about how we're the, we are the virus, the humans, the, the locusts taking over, and we have to cut back. Uh, we've... That's already happened. People, are, the, the paganism and the secularism has already succeeded in, in uh, cutting back the babies. The, the, the problem is actually reversed. You know, we, there, there, there's no looming apocalypse environmentally because there's too many people. Uh, there's an apocalypse, a demographic apocalypse coming mm-hmm. because we don't have enough people. The, the the opposite is true. And he, on this issue and other issues, he produce, provides enough data. It's comprehensive. It's clearly not partisan unless you absolutely need it to be. He's a great value to the kind of discussions that we have on a daily basis. I thought what was fascinating, and it always is fascinating, because we've had these conversations before 
more uh, as it pertains to some of the things that Tucker Carlson has has brought up on his show. We're tempted to say the intersection of economics and the family. There is no there is no intersection there. That is that is that usually is one in the same as uh, an economy is doing what is morally right and what it should do, which is, um, you know, provide opportunities for families to flourish like actual families, families are going to actually uh, pop up and actually flourish more. And I think that's definitely um, definitely a, a huge part of this as well. Because even though the prices of homes, the prices of living, the cost of life has increased, it seems like for entry-level uh, people, I can attest to this, it's very few and far between that actually have a decent-paying job right now in a career that's stable. Mm-hmm. Very few, and again, that's anecdotal, of course, that's not scientific, but anecdotally, I can tell you, um, amongst my peers, delaying marriage or not getting married at all because they're not working at a job that can yeah. really provide for two people. So there is no intersection between, as if they're two separate things, between economics and the family Oftentimes, as uh, the family goes, so goes the economy and vice versa. And I, they are very much intertwined. That's right. And that's I forgot to mention. I can only imagine what you wanted to say when he brought up trade agreements with China and what that son's a family. You've riffed on that many times with mm-hmm. union households, things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. he's absolutely right. I think the disconnect is that he mentioned between how elites actually live their lives in many cases to the values that they're promoting I think is absolutely fascinating. And, and we see it, like I pointed out, in the environmental comparison. We see that largely across the board. All right. We'll come back with our number two here in a moment, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Stay tuned. We are back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace, Todd and Aaron McIntyre here with me as well. <clears throat> Pardon me. If you are listening to us today via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, thank you to the thousands of you that have done that for us already. The more of those we get, the more people like you we find, courtesy of the all-powerful algorithms. And then the more likely we are to get to continue to do this for another year where hopefully the Blaze will forget about us because they've liked the amount of five-star reviews we've had. So again, thank you to those of you that have given us those. If you don't like the show, we wouldn't tell you to lie, okay? But, pardon me, but if you just kind of like the show, if you wouldn't mind embellishing all the more, we would ask you to do that. This is politics after all. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Fake news are not brought to you by our friends over at Relief Factor. If you are struggling with chronic pain, this is pain in the body as a result of inflammation. Relief might just be one click away. It's called Relief Factor. It's a product that's a part of my daily health regimen. I highly recommend it. And yes, I was skeptical of all these claims when I came to work here too. All right. I, I used to just appear here as a guest sometimes on various shows and I'd listen to the host rave about it and like it can't be that good. Well, it turns out I can preach from experience. It is. And what I love the most about it, 100% drug-free 
even though it's an all-natural formula created by physicians. These are doctors who can prescribe drugs, but they know your body is more than an upright vat of randomly evolved chemicals. It's not a machine. It's a living organism. And it was made by its creator to do certain things. It was made to push back on inflammation. It just might need a little boost, and that's what Relief Factor provides. If you want to give it a shot, they're so confident in this product, they'll offer it to you for three weeks. It's called their starter kit. They'll offer it to you for three weeks for a dollar a day. A buck a day for three weeks. What do you have to lose for a dollar a day except maybe, finally, hopefully, the pain? If you want to try the starter kit, and you do, Go to relieffactor.com, get the starter kit there at relieffactor.com. All right, here we go. It's this week's edition of Fake News or Not. We take a look at a series of clips. And again, we don't sit here and fact check ABC News. What is the point of that? Well, It's as pointless as fact checking Al Jazeera or Russia Today. We instead want to find out is the news and the newsmakers that are supposed to be representing you and I here in the what's left of America, are they giving us fake news or not? And we begin with this clip. What's going to happen is I'm going to meet with the president this afternoon. I've been working with Democrat and Republican colleagues to issue sanctions against Turkey. And the blame here is with Turkey. Three weeks ago, I met Erdogan at the U.N. in New York. This safe zone concept of where we'd keep Turkey and the Kurds away from each other with an international force was working. A week after that, he basically lied to me, called up President Trump saying I'm going into Turkey and the rest is history. It's quickly deteriorating inside of Syria. I blame Turkey. There's going to be crippling sanctions imposed by the Congress to supplement what President Trump's administration has done. We're going to send a signal to Turkey that's unmistakable uh, in the eyes of Erdogan and the world. And we're going to break his economy until he stops the bloodshed. Fake news or not, Aaron. Total fake news. This was a guy in Erdogan who apparently our administration and and maybe some others as well saw as having a uh, mutual vested interest and didn't see him for what he was. So with that as the baseline, this is going to be akin to a slap on the wrist, uh, akin to maybe going in timeout for a little bit, but nothing nothing close to utterly destroying them or their economy. Not, Not even close. Complete and total garbage fake news. Todd. Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same page with it, Aaron. How long has Lindsey Graham been in Congress? The answer is too long. Too long? Yeah. Well, since that's the answer, uh, if you can fall for the old banana in the tailpipe routine that easily on this one, it's probably time for you to walk away and go do something else. What else do you think he would do? That long (laughs) pause is problematic. I mean, think of so many people we have elected to Congress and, and ask yourself if they weren't there, what do you think they'd be doing? Drag queen story hour. I don't know. And don't, don't, don't you think that's a problem? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's only the government of the most powerful nation in the history of this earth. And you look at a lot of the people that we elect and you have a hard time envisioning what they would be doing if they weren't in public office. I used to be totally against term limits because I thought a grown-up country doesn't need such bumpers, yep. and now I'm totally for them. We yeah, absolutely 100%. need them. 100%. I've always been for them because I've, I've never bought 
the whole grown-up country thing. That's, so that's where you felt, yeah. you, you knew total depravity. That's total depravity. Yeah. Yes, yes. All right, here is the second clip, and Todd, I put this one in just for you. Accidental blessing from the Pope. Listen to this. In a tweet, he wrote, Today we give thanks to the Lord for our new hashtag saints. They walked by faith, and now we invoke their intercession. Well, it seems the Pope was unaware that by using hashtag saints, the NFL team's Fleur de Lis would automatically pop up in his tweet for the team from New Orleans. I have to read that. Uh, The accident must lead to some good luck for the saints. They went on to defeat Jacksonville's 13 to 6. Do you think this was divine intervention or the saints just better than the Jags? Hey, the, the Jags were favored in that game, by the way. So what do you think, Todd? Fake news or not? Uh, that's definitely uh, fake news. I'd love to, to just be wallowing in that story for the broad reaches of the Holy Spirit and the undeniable truth of the Catholic Church. But right now we're hosting this Amazon Synod thing and we may or may not have pagan idols, like prominently literal is, is pagan idols. Prominently. Is that bad? So, you know... <laughs> I read a story yesterday that ended up being like three stories that was tied to this. So when I when I read about this story yesterday, you know, the thing comes up on the sometimes on the side, depending on the news site you go to, of, of, you know, stories connected to the subject matter in that story. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, people have also read blank, okay? And one of the stories that was listed there, and I, I'm like, I've got to read this one. And it was uh, a, a longstanding atheist friend of the Pope who claims that the Pope told him that he didn't believe Jesus Christ right. was divine. Are you familiar with the story? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I start reading this, and, and then at the bottom of the story, there are links to several other quotes that this longtime atheist friend of the Pope has, has given, okay, which are just, you know— Orthodox Christianity views these as these are heretical beliefs. There's no other way to define it. Okay. And, and over and over again, the, the, the church has the same response, which is this guy's gravely mistaken. He, he's misremembering, um, you, you know, it, 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 how many of those do you, before you rebuke your atheist friend and say, we're not friends anymore. Do you think? Well, how, how many of those would happen before you'd be like, Dude, I, I, I got to cut you off here. I mean, at what point would that occur, do you think? You can be friends with him indefinitely, but this is this is the problem with Pope Francis. It's, it's, and it's like with— um, Is he being your friend, do you think? If he sometimes keeps he is you? and sometimes he isn't. Okay. And, and, you, and you never get the sense. It's like uh, Brad Wilcox said about marriage. All these guys who they rely on the truth of marriage in their own life, but then they communicate— this ridiculous gray area at best and mm-hmm. nonsense at work. That's the Catholic Church under Pope Francis. I mean, Pope Francis will pull off, he had the one liner on abortion, the hitman line. Mm-hmm. You can't do better than that. He, when he talks about the devil, oh, yeah, it's a real. But then he just goes meandering. And yeah, we can, we can walk with some people. We're commanded to walk, at least entertain a conversation with certain people before we shake the dust from our feet. But that's, there's never that clear line of demarcation. And so the faithful or the curious or the question, they, they're always, they never ever get sustainable solid food. They get scraps here and there, but it's never a sustained um, invitation to the table. Sometimes it just feels like it disappears into nothingness. Aaron, do you want to pass or punt? 
See what um, I did there? Uh, <laughs> uh, or you want to kick it back to Todd? Uh, 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 yeah. Okay. Let's, let's move on to the next one. Next clip. Much of what is happening we can't show you. The images are too graphic. But there is evidence today of war crimes being committed, civilians being targeted, and ISIS prisoners escaping. All of this after the Trump administration made a decision to withdraw a group of American forces meant to deter such an invasion from occurring. And today, the U.S. Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, confirmed that a full U.S. withdrawal from northern Syria is underway. So that's the lead into a Fox News report crushing the Trump administration on this. Aaron, fake news or not? Well, part of that is not fake news. The, the, the part about um, tr- tr- you know, Trump's hand and all of this, the administration's hand and all of this, I don't think that's fake news because that's on the record. The part where, um, what's the name of the guy? I don't even know his name, in the, the reporter in the- Trey uh, Yinkst, is Yinkst, that what it said? Yinkst, thank you. Yinkst. Yes, yes. Is that made up? Um, <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> I think that name is made up. Um, I'm not sure. We, we, the, the part where he says we can't show you what's happening here because it's too graphic, how do you possibly know? I mean, I know it's from Fox News here. How would you possibly deduce whether or not that's an accurate statement? So I, I'm- I'm going on i'm i'm don't going mostly on a not fake news on that uh, on that lead into the report what do you think fake news or not Todd? did he go on to describe in words though what's happening there yeah, a little bit yeah so the this is what i talked about before i've seen a couple images of beheadings of mm-hmm. kurd soldiers and children with limbs blown off i I need to know if that's true or not. For me, on this show, that's the kind of conversation where I mean, we, we never have, we, we don't have show prep, and we never, we never say, "Can I? Is it okay if I say that?" We just don't have that conversation. But this is the kind of thing would have me actively against the reelection of President Trump. But I have no idea if this is true. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this. I mean, given what networks within the Fox family of broadcast put out there for entertainment yeah, uh, across various platforms or formats on a, on a, on a daily basis. I think it's a punk move to say we can't show you those things. Like we're just supposed to take, I, I wouldn't take anybody's word for it. You know I mean? Um, Glenn has some of his charitable work going on over that part of the world right now. And he's, he's sending you out pictures of what his people are seeing with, 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 and they're terrible. They're graphic. But, you know, it's a, it's the real world out there. I mean, people really stood out there, you know, at three in the afternoon watching Christ suffocate to death after they watched him get beaten beyond recognition. People literally stood out there and watched all these mm-hmm. events take place. I mean, this is a real world. The idea we can't show you those things. I, I think that's a punk move yeah. in general, right? Especially if you're telling us it's a matter of life and death, then you need to show us it's a matter of life and death. Now, I can't wait to get your reaction to this one. Peggy Noonan makes a return. Watch. I think Joe Biden for the past two weeks has been a little on the back of his heels over this issue. Not sure how to address it. Not sure what exactly precisely to defend and what to concede. But I have to tell you, Cornell, I, I disagree with you a little bit. I don't think this is merely a muddy the water story. This is a story that at least half the American people understand the Hunter Biden story as a story of the swamp. The elite, buddy buddyism, using your family influence to do well in life. The American people don't like it. They have never liked it. 
So that is um, the, f- the the great former speechwriter for President Reagan, uh, Peggy Noonan, sounding awfully populist there. Uh, Todd, fake news or not? What are your thoughts on that clip? Well, it's it's not fake news. Are you are you asking me whether she believes what she just said or whether the Hunter and Biden it's analysis? It's your answer. I'm, uh, you may give the answer you prefer. I think I think it's true. Uh, all the way through. And listen. I'll say she, this. Whether she believes it or not, in the settings that she, that she's in right there yep. and that she operates in, to go there, I mean, if you don't believe that, you're not gaining any points by going yeah. there with that crowd. I just wanted to make sure because yeah. I know you've you've all, you've all long respected. I, yeah, I think one time you said like back I've always had the, a ton of respect for her. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think considering she wrote for Reagan, uh, who ultimately was, I mean, is there a greater populist orator uh in our political lifetime and see that's that those have been the times i've not agreed with her is the under is the understanding i mean what what she's invoking there was a great piece one of the greatest political columns that's ever been written in my lifetime by a guy named and by a guy named i think it was anthony code villa was his name and it was called the ruling class do you remember this i don't from about 10 years ago right when i was uh you know uh, early in my career, transitioning from sports full time into news, uh, into news, into news talk. So this was ten or twelve years ago, and it's either Angelo Code Villa or Anthony Code Villa, and it's called the ruling class, and it it perfectly encapsulated the difference between um, a Republican who writes for the Wall Street Journal like she does, mm-hmm. or and works on their editorial pages, or mm-hmm. someone who works at the current iteration of the of National Review compared to the average person who uh, conservative activist who goes out and votes in the Iowa caucuses. And what 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 what's the main difference? Why is there often a disconnect in the in the candidates they like and in, in where they want to see the direction of the Republican party go? And uh, Code Villa's article The Ruling Class perfectly summarizes it. And in many respects Trump has done a phenomenal job exploiting that dynamic to his own political advantage while very rarely delivering anything substantive once once he's done exploiting it okay but at least he at least at least he offers a voice to these concerns when when the people that 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 Peggy hangs out with at the Wall Street Journal sneer at them on a consistent basis and have most of our most of our lives so for her to go there because you have to understand in the world of the Wall Street Journal it's 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 the same with corporatism as it is in every other media entity with media bias like they don't look any they don't care about you going back and forth between it, the Obama administration and time time magazine Jay Carney leaves as their chief white house reporter to become the the white house spokesperson they're they're all part of the same team there they don't care and at the Wall Street Journal the idea that you would leave government to go sell hemp or whatever the hell, you know, John Boehner is doing now, or to go be on a board at, uh, you know, because your daddy's the VP at some, geo, you know, global conglomerate natural gas company. That's the air they breathe. They don't understand, you know, to, to hear a, a, a Bradford Wilcox come on here and say that trade agreements with China that wiped out a million jobs had something to do with our declining marriage rate. They would laugh and mock that. Don't you plebes know this gets you cheaper goods at Walmart? That, that's the way that sure. they think. And so to hear her articulate that, that has been rare. I've not heard that very often from her in her political career. Well, she's, again, 
she worked for the greatest messenger uh, in multiple venues. Uh, and the guy, the guy was Hollywood. He was a Democrat, became a Republican. And yet, because of the everyman quality that started off in the Midwest and, and ended up working at WHO where you worked, because he pretended to uh, narrate a football game in his mind and just told it because he understood the atmosphere and the people, the great storytelling. And that's what so much of politics at its, its best uh, is, is telling the story that resonates in the hearts and minds of people. So, you know, this is, thank goodness, it's nice to hear every once in a while from the part of uh, her and others who remember politics at its best instead of at its worst. Aaron, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I definitely think that is not fake news whatsoever. Um, for I, I'm not sure how much more I, I can say of that, but I mean, this morning, Hunter Biden essentially did a fact check on on Noonan there and said, "Yep, yeah, she's right," because mm-hmm. his very words his very words indicated that you know. Uh, I'm a human, I make a mistake, but it wasn't, I didn't make a mistake on any ethical ground whatsoever. It's exactly what you said at the start of the show, which is, hey, I, I'm, my last name is Biden. My dad was the vice president. What'd you what expect you, me to what'd do? What'd you expect me Wash to do? Wash dishes? Exactly. exactly. What'd you expect me to do? Clean ships? Be a chimney sweep? People hate that. Proof. Yes. This is the same, I want to add this as well. This is the same thing as the college admissions scandal. Oh, well. that's a great analogy. I mean, that's, that's cash what, money. That's that. That's what we're watching yes. here. People freaking hate that elitist crap. You um, uh, rules for me, but not or rules for thee, but not for me. Right. That's exactly what we're w- witnessing here. And I think Noonan was right. Out of I the mean, morning. if my kids didn't get into a great school like USC, I wouldn't be able to show my face at the country club next week yeah. for the squash tournament. That's that's Just essentially shoot. the argument, right? People people want to cut themselves when they hear yes, like that. Yes, absolutely. That is so right on the money. One more clip, and it's a bit of a preview of Shepard Smith's future, even though he's actually not in this clip. The, the reality is that without Shep's show, uh, Fox News' 24-hour news wheel is down to really the Brett Baer show because Chris Wallace is on, actually on a broadcast channel. Most of the rest is predominantly talk. Mm. It's predominantly supportive of a president who is violating all kinds of American values, laws, rules, precedents, et cetera, et cetera. And the American people need to hear that so they can make good judgments. Otherwise, it's just propaganda. And that's the stuff of third world nations, not the one that, that prides itself as a leader of all nations. That's the former chief political reporter from Fox News, who I've had several dealings with over the years, Carl Cameron. And it's funny, when, when I had dealings with him when he had that job, because, you know, he'd have to come to Iowa to cover the caucuses. I don't, I don't remember them being lefty-friendly in those days, and I don't remember him being all, you know, worked up that uh, he had to come here and cover the Republican caucuses for Fox News. Weird. Anyway, your thoughts, Todd. Fake news or not? Also, if he's really concerned about this, he went to MSNBC to help him get the message out on this. This is what you're telling me, Carl? Come on. Broadcasting from the the locale formerly known as uh, Matt Lauer's Rape Dungeon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't... By the way, all the people that got busted at Fox... Right. Who, who got from uh, what was who was the founder whose name escapes me, um, who passed away a couple Rupert of murder? No, the founder of oh, it, Ailes, uh, Roger, Roger Ailes. Ailes. Yeah. All those he worked with and for all those people. Where was his Where was his matters of conscience then? 
I'll give, I'll give, I can't believe I'm saying this because I didn't even know who he was until like a year ago. I'll give Chris Hayes some credit. I saw yeah, a clip yeah. of him on See, Twitter last night yeah, calling out calling his, out his yeah. own management. I'll give props to you for that, my friend. Absolutely. So, you know, you know, uh, you know, when, when Roger Ailes was calling, allegedly calling Gretchen Carlson up to his office all those times, and they must have done something with the woman because they gave her the, the gross domestic product of a small Latin American country for a court settlement. He was working there all those years. Where, where, was, his, where was his conscience then? Do you know where his conscience was then? Cashing in? I, I'm just asking. I'm just a lot of selective consciousizing going on around here these days. Aaron, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't think it uh, It goes without saying it's it's fake news. I mean, we'll start with what Todd said. Hold a mirror up to where you are right now. Maybe maybe start with that. Say, hmm, this looks like a television studio. I wonder what television networks there are in this country. Oh, is this MSNBC? Oh, yes. So maybe start with that. And then start with, I don't know, what you just, and, and then continue, I should say, with what you just uh, noted about, you know, uh, campaign Carl never seemed to have an issue with going and following Republican candidates around the campaign trail. Never seemed to raise a stink about that as well. And and maybe uh, campaign Carl once he uh, ceased be, be, being known as campaign Carl when he and he, when he left Fox News. Um, you know, maybe um, if you're truly committed, if you're truly committed to these <clears throat> journalistic uh, ideals, maybe you shouldn't start a progressive news website progressive news website like you did earlier this year just just a thought you know self-awareness is hard self-awareness is very hard but um maybe maybe again try it sometime and this is why if 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 you if you agree with us that you've grown frustrated at more and more of the right in this country abandoning a pursuit of truth or objective information to quote unquote fight fire with fire. You have to understand this didn't just happen in a vacuum. You're you're yeah, some of it's partisan. You know, it's always easier to, you know, I'm I'm not doing much different of a show than I was doing five or six, seven years ago. Just the names have changed to uh, although we keep saying we will still say them out loud as to protect the innocent. All right. So I'm not I'm not doing are we doing that much different? No. And, and that's and that's what pisses everybody off that we're not. Because the assumption is, hey, now that our guy's in there, you're going to do something different, right? All the- nope. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to do anything different. And you can save me your Bill O'Reilly emails. All right, I'll get those about this. I know that he's on here. Glenn has had him on his show and openly asked him about the allegations of what he settled for over, over at Fox News. But I have no idea what happened there. So that's why I don't have him on my show. And that's why we don't talk about that here. All right, so... If, 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 so it, it, don't act like we're not aware of those sorts of things. We're very aware of them. You probably can, and we're given freedom here to not have to sign on to absolutely everything everybody else does, nor are they, they demanded to sign on to absolutely everything that we do. We even disagree with each other at times. You know what that's actually called? That, that used to be what we used to call the media. That used to be, or at least what it was supposed to be. And maybe it's never been that. I don't know. But um, the, the reason why you're seeing more of this dynamic on the right is everything we just talked about. The reason why there's not, you're, 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 some of it is partisan. And, and that is, uh, you know, one of the big complaints is why won't you do a different show than you did before now that Obama's gone and Trump is in there? Well, what's the thing over my shoulder say 
Aaron, can you get a camera? What's that say? GOB be told here? Is that what it says? Puff the magic R? Yeah. No, it says truth be told here. I'm not going to change the truth because of who's in office. There's lots of other places you can go if that's what you want. Okay? But there's another reason. And it is when you, when you start to realize that you're in what amounts to a form of civil war. And the other side is just leaf dropping propaganda on you constantly. You begin to feel you have no choice but to combat their narrative with the other side of the narrative story. And that's ultimately where the truth gets lost in these situations. I'm not necessarily even saying I approve of it, but to claim that all of your, if you're one of those people that just believes all your conservative friends lost their damn minds because Trump's in office, some of them did. We, we've, we've talked about that. Some of them did. But no, that's not what's happening here. What's happening here is, is, is the level of double standardness, hypocrisy, whataboutism. We're, we're above you. We don't have to, we can just, we can throw up a Kentucky shooting range and claim it's uh, Northern Syria. It, it's, it, it's the, it's the, after a while, when someone keeps flipping you off, you eventually, Todd, will get the message. Eventually. And Carl was just a plucky go-getter yeah. during the Obama administration. And you want to talk about what the words that Carl used there. And this president regarding Trump is violating all these. I think he used rules, norms. I think there was another term in there. Amer- American values, I think. Values. That he said. Yeah. Okay, well, we can take Trump up specifically if you want to. He is the man in the chair right now. But... The entire objective of progressivism in the Obama administration is the iconoclasm that we talk about, is the breaking down of the rules, the norms, the values. You just went in there skipping into work every day, didn't you, Carl? Where were you sounding the shafar then? I mean, it's I I grow so weary of punks like you. You you are uh, the enemies within. You truly are enemies of the state. And when you parrot that out, like you are truly trying to maintain something when you could care less if the things that made country great stand for a minute longer. And because here's the thing, I don't, I don't on a personal level, this persona of Donald Trump's we get, I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. I can't consume it. And I consume the most limited amounts required for me to do my job at a somewhat adequate level. But when I see crap like this, get me an absentee ballot. That's why I understand, I understand and empathize with where many of you are at. Because his, you know, that's why I went off on on this thing with the Syria thing. Because that's, this is one of the, this is, in my view, this is the first time his ego, his his personal uh, ego and issues and morality uh, and, and, and uh, legion of problems he has as a human being really factored into his ability to wield the presidency and caused real danger to people. Most of the time, it just manifests itself as just the same run-of-the-mill corruption you've been dealing with with people like Donald Trump since the beginning of time. But the stuff that these people want to do instead, yeah, he might be Czar Nicholas II and Rasputin all rolled into one. But those guys out there in St. Petersburg Square with their Bolshevik slogans, they'll end us. More in a moment.
This week's Pop Culture Tuesday coming up here in just a couple of minutes. But if you have been struggling with meeting your weight loss goals, let me introduce you to a product called Riduzone. So your body was created to conserve and crave calories because it's only been like in the last century or so that food was considered readily available to the masses. I mean, even in 2019, there are still plenty of places on earth where that's not the case. All right, so what do you do then when the when culture changes and food is everywhere you turn, but now you need to lose weight? Well, you know, activity helps for sure. Uh, but uh, it's it's always more about diet than activity. They work together, but diet is more important. And it's not really what you eat as much as how much you're eating. And it can be difficult to kind of turn off um, your, your appetite, your, your, your crave, your cravings, your, uh, your portion sizes. And this is where Riduzone comes in because thankfully your creator put a little molecule in your body. It's called OEA and it sends a signal from the belly to the brain to let the brain know when you're full. So it can then do its thing from a metabolic standpoint. But think of it a little bit like when you haven't worked out in a while and then you try and those muscles have kind of atrophied and the muscle memory has gone. There's a lot of difficulty, soreness, et cetera. Uh, the same can happen when you've ignored that signal in your body for so long and just kept eating. And that's where Riduzone comes in. It wants to boost your OEA with more OEA. That's all that it is. It's not loaded with chemicals, preservatives, additives, caffeine, stimulants of any kind. It's just OEA. That's why it's FDA accepted, vegan friendly, gluten free. That's all that it is. If you want to give Riduzone a try, it usually takes about 90 days to re-hardwire your subconscious where a lifestyle choice is concerned. That's why we're offering you a three-month supply for three for 30% off, all right? A three-month supply for 30% off. That's 90 days. When you use my name, Steve, as a promo code, promo code Steve at riduzone.com. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, promo code Steve for riduzone.com. All right, let's get to it. Pop Culture Tuesday, we look at the intersection between Culture and conservatism, and particularly pop culture. So there's this video making the rounds, and all the right people are offended by it. And it's a video of Trump uh, murdering his, uh, his media opponents in the fake news media. Now, there's a couple things most of you probably know about this video that is not new. I mean, the, the media is just, they, they're just now losing their minds over this. The video is over a year old. Also, Trump didn't do this video, right? People who like Trump did, but he did not do this video. So th- th- those are a couple of things about this video you, you don't know that you, that, or, 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 that you didn't know going in that you probably know now, okay? But there's, there's more to this story from a pop culture standpoint that I think you might find interesting. So that video is a parody takeoff of a film from a couple of years ago called The Kingsman. And I went and saw the first one. They've, they've since put out a second one, and a third one is coming out next year. Really? Didn't yeah. the second one bomb? And the second one was a bomb, yes. And I went and saw the first one and absolutely hated the movie. I found it dreadful. So the scene, this is lifted right out of one of the scenes in the movie The Kingsman. And the, and the premise of the film is there's this, you know, international ring of, of well-to-do, well-coiffed, um, high society spies. And this began in the UK, but they've got, you know, chapters and branches all over the world. Right? And it's a mixture of, of James Bond and Get Smart for a 21st century 
rated our audience. And in in the in the first film, um, Colin Firth is the actor uh, in this scene, and he's kind of the senior uh, officer in the Kingsman service, as in the King's Men. That's why it's called the Kingsman. Okay, the King of England's special forces. And this scene takes place that they're mocking here. It takes place in, now these people are in the film, they're total kooks. And this is, they don't, I mean, they're doing stuff that isn't, doesn't go on in the vast majority, really in any Protestant church of orthodoxy. It's a, it's a stereotype of what, you know, Hollywood culture thinks we are. And so these people need to be killed. And so, Colin Firth goes into this church and uh, kills all these people. But they need to be killed because they're yeah. Christians. Yeah, because they're the because of the threat they represent, and they're represent they're represented as just sort of a sect. Have you seen? Did you ever see this movie, Aaron? I did not, but okay. I am familiar with the background. Yeah, of the they're city. they're represented as um, a caricature of American deplorables from a, Westboro Baptist. Yeah, yes, kind of that, and that, and of course, that's what they think every Christian yep. church is. Yeah, but, but I want to be. Have they like done anything? In yeah, the they're movie they're, other they're than domestic that? terrorists because they they're are. like a okay. Westboro Baptist. Got it. Okay, but but that's who they think every like you could have no view on uh, against homosexuality unless you are okay. Westboro Baptist, right? There's no in between. It's the it's the Beta O'Rourke simplistic view, and so this this scene involves him going in there. And murdering all these people. Taking them all out in cold blood. And I bet you didn't know that part of it, did you? Probably not. But I saved the best for last. See, this this little Westboro cult here isn't even the main villain of the movie. The main villain in the movie that the Kingsmen are going after is a cabal of elitists led by Samuel L. Jackson who are, have conspired together because the planet is heading towards a climate cataclysm. Malthusian ethics must reign. There's too many people on the earth to avert the end of our planet. They checked a lot of boxes in this movie, didn't they? Yes, they did. So they found an evil even greater than than their own little version of a Westboro cult. And it's this cabal of elitists led by Samuel L. Jackson who are conspiring together to bring doom and calamity to the vast majority of the Earth's population in order for the Earth to be remade in a more progressive and enlightened society led by them, of course. And that's, that's the main villain of this movie. Like, if you, if you thought that the Westboro cult was the main villain of the movie, you'd be like, well, I totally saw why Lefty Hollywood made this film, right? Oh, no, they're, 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 the, they're the appetizer here. They're like the chips and cheese, the little mini quesadillas, you know, the onion rings, they're, they're not the main course of villainy here. In the movie, the main course of villainy are progressive elites who are going to kill everybody that they view as economically and educationally beneath them because you're a drain on the planet 
and you have proven to be un, 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 unevolved and therefore there's no need for you to live. That's the main villain in this movie. So we're back with Thanos again and the Ebony Maw speech about this, what you think is yeah. pain is yes. enlightenment or whatever it was. Yes. Except this movie came out well before huh. the first Avengers film did. Now, now, now might you wonder how did this film get made, right? But that's the main villain of the film. At, and this was my, I, I was already at a high tune out, tap out because they, they made this film as, as disgusting as they possibly could. Like they went out of their way to do so. At the end of the film, the, uh, the hero of the story, and I can't remember the actor's name. He's the guy that um, they have play Elton John in the Rocket Man movie right. where they made the terrible mistake of having him sing the songs instead of Elton John, which they got right in the Queen movie, right? Where the actor is lip syncing to you know Freddie Mercury's actual outstanding work, which is why I never went and saw the Rocket Man movie. I can't remember his name. But he's the he's the main recruit in this movie that, that they bring in to be the next generation of Kingsman. Uh, Edgerton is his last name. What's his first name? Do you guys remember? Taron. Taron Edgerton. Thank you. All right. So at the end of the film, after he has, in the most brutal fashion imaginable, killed Samuel L. Jackson and all of these progressive elites for their master plan to kill all of us. <laughs> all right. Uh, he 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 is give he is offered a reward by the damsel in distress in the in the in the uh, shall i call it the um uh, the bowels of this barge that these progressive elites are planning on waiting out the calamity so they can then repopulate the earth in their own image um she offers him a certain sexual practice that is a, a, a pun that I just referenced. That's, that's the reward that he receives for saving the world at the end of the movie. Do I have to go further? Have you guys figured this out? Oh, you've told us this part yes. before. Yeah. I don't think I've, but not in this, not here at the blaze. I haven't. Yeah, no, but uh, can, did you did you get the little pun there? Can you do you, do you think the audience figured out? It has been received. Okay, Thank you. Right. I was homeschooled, so obviously not. Okay, <laughs> Jim Gaffigan voice here. I don't know what he's talking yes. about yes. right now. Yeah, yes. that, but that's that that's his reward. At the end of the film, uh, that's that's the reward that the damsel in distress offers to him for saving the world. So. Now that you guys know the rest of the story here about this film, I would like to know your thoughts on it being at the center of our latest Trump controversy. And I'm not going to ask any other leading question. I, I, I just, you know what I did? I did what, what Bradford Wilcox does at the National Marriage yeah. Project. I, I just, I'm just giving the details. What you choose to do with them is up to you, okay? So now that I have given you guys the details, your thoughts. Well, I, I'm fine with this because at least everybody was equally hysterical when this movie came out. I remember that well, right? I don't know. Right. I don't no. remember anybody being hysterical, exactly. actually. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And again, it the fact that we have 
Uh, you you referenced it right, Aaron, in the uh, the montage. We have Kathy Griffin of holding Trump's severed head. We've had Trump stabbed like Shakespeare in the park. We've had Trump gunned down in any number of videos, and then this one I, is a year old. You know why? Why now? And let me. All, all being said, this is dumb. Like pro Trump guy, use your time better. You make a better video for us to laugh at, okay? Because this is, it's, it's not worth any of this that we're talking about. It's worth none of it. And I don't. You need to, you know, be part. Look at the Babylon Bee and the work they do, and then proceed accordingly. Because this was stupid, whether it's a year ago or yesterday. But it's it, you can't. It, it, it's it's the um. The, the the double standard that also Aaron got done talking about with the progressive elites and their colleges and their kids. But you, you never get a sense that the people who are so angst ridden to the point of tears and they got to put any, any, uh, every aspect of their life on hold to virtue signal about this care about you. You, that that's, that's what drives people bonkers about this. And it, your, their ability with this video to get you a year ago, Two years ago, people don't have the attention anymore. They, they, this is just the white noise in the background now. You know, you mentioned disconnects. This, I think what you just said ties back to what we talked about at the top of the show with LeBron James. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not just going to shut up and dribble. I'm going to keep telling you what I think. And yet the country that he wants to align with, China. What's the last thing they're going to let him do? Tell us what he thinks. That's the last thing they're going to let him do. He, he, he prefers not offending the, the Chinese and being more loyal to them than his own country by his own actions. But yet, if he were to get his way, Todd, and they would essentially become the Chinese Basketball Association. I mean, I, the longtime award-winning sports columnist Jason Whitlock, I just retweeted it, just put out there that he thinks in the end the NBA's business model is they're trying to get an NFL-like television contract out of China. And that's what they're, that's what they're concerned about. Okay, well, if, if that becomes their primary corporate partner, do you think they're, they're going to let him speak his mind? Of course. Of course not. It's amazing in America. You know what we have? We the have only a- country that's going to let him speak his mind is the one that he hates. Yeah. Well, that's a, we have like a reverse... Stockholm syndrome going on here, like we, it, that's where the you 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 end up loving your captors. Your captors, yeah. We end up hating ourselves for being the most free and having the most liberty in right. the history of mankind. Genuine, right. genuine freedom and liberty. At least it was. Aaron, what do you think? Yeah. So this is the latest reminder, and really the show today has been the latest reminder. That under the progressive worldview, not only are things that are um, not able to be squared, um, not only are those things held aloft, um, people trying to have it both ways, um, people trying to have their, their cake and eat it too, not only is that held aloft as kind of a tenant, like the Kathy Griffins of the world saying, hey, I'm being shot in this film. Meanwhile, a couple of years ago, she was holding up a fake severed head of Donald Trump. Not only is that a thing, what is also increasingly evident, and it is evident, I mean, every, every single day, is that there is no such thing as pluralism under a progressive worldview. That's right. Meanwhile, we get lectured all of the time 
and LeBron James did it as well, about, yeah, we're fine with free speech, but uh, (laughs) there's consequences for free speech. You know, the Chinese people, the North Korean people, they have free speech too. The consequences of their free speech, though, a little bit different for LeBron than LeBron James. LeBron might lose uh, a zero or two at the end of his paycheck if he has another payday sometime. Um, if, if this deal with China goes through or doesn't go through. The people in China or North Korea, they say the wrong things. Um, they're going to be missing life or limb. So pluralism, the idea that two different and maybe opposing belief systems, value systems, etc. can exist at the same time, that is nowhere to be found in the progressive worldview. And again, this video, what, what, you now, we get to, we get to depict us shooting you guys. You you guys don't get to do that to us. That's essentially what lefty media is saying. All the while, they don't even realize that the main villain in that movie is their worldview. It is just chaos. And I try, and I, I don't want to monopolize too much of the time that we have left. No, you're making good but, points. But I, I, I really struggle sometimes when I'm talking about this because, because the driving force of progressivism, aside from the ye be God, like God, is the noise and chaos of all of these, of, is just noise and chaos, I should say. It is chaotic, fundamentally chaotic. And trying to deduce these things and just thinking through them on the air here in real time, I have to stop myself. And, well, does that make well? Nothing of this, nothing of this worldview makes any sense whatsoever, because it is so chaotic all of the time, because it is moral subjectivism to the nth degree. And now, um, yeah. again, this is this is what we are up against. And it's again, a cult. It is yeah. a cult. The, and, and here's how you can look at LeBron James. And you can just you in every other facet of his life. He cannot abide chaos. You can't be as successful, preeminently successful, the elite of the elite of the elite. By embracing chaos holistically. Yeah, he's got that stable ma- marriage. Brad yes. was talking about. Yes. And so in this situation, but this is what this beliefs, when we talk about it being a cult, look what it's done to a guy who is at the peak physical conditioning on this entire planet that has dominated the best athletes, some of the best athletes in the world for 20 years and made them look like they're junior varsity, all right? How successful he is in business and every other walk of life, but, in, but, but when, this, when this spirit of the age inhabits him, he's a moron, a complete and total moron. That's what cults do to us, folks. We are back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.